I know we said we would never do this, but here at Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we're finally doing a kid rock song. <laughs> is, it, is it a kid rock song or is it a, a song where kids rock? It's a song where kids rock. I think so too. <laughs> so this is, we're doing Hanson's Mbop. One of the key ingredients to a great pop song is having lyrics that you don't understand. Yeah. So full disclosure, uh, and this might be a little bit of foreshadowing, on my mixtape, I was going to put Bob with the Bob in for, for by Kid Rock on the mixtape, but it didn't make the cut. Okay. So we're, we're, we're safe in saying that Kid Rock does not have any sort of uh, influence on this podcast yet. So this is one of the happiest songs to come out of the... The dismal 90s. Well, it's, it's a happy song. It's a happy sounding song, right? Mm-hmm. But the, it's a little bit more introspective than it's not just nonsense. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of nonsense in it, yeah. but uh, um, there is a meaning behind it. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're going to jump into the band and their and their their story coming through with their first album and, and this song in particular, which really put them on the map. Yeah. So they, co- well, I mean... I was going to say when they got together, I mean, they're brothers. So we have (laughs) Isaac, we have Taylor, and we have Zach, the Hanson brothers. And they're the oldest three of, is it eight or seven kids? I didn't even read that much. (laughs) I think it's eight kids. Yeah. So that's, uh, you kind of feel for the, uh, for the younger five then, right? Like, uh, what they ha- what they were up against apparently they dressed them all in colors so they could differentiate them so <laughs> so i was just reading when real blue get in here yeah well blue is uh zach while red is taylor and green is isaac i'm pretty sure i got that right oh okay so yeah a real deep dive yeah <laughs> the last wow days. yeah it is so yeah. you got their whole wardrobe uh schedule sorted out yeah it helps that it's the name of their latest album. So, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> so they get uh, they they're already. Um, well, let's see this. So the story goes that in 1989, their father takes a job in Latin America as an accountant, and so the whole family goes down there, and they have nothing to listen to but Aretha Franklin and. Carl Perkins and Chuck Berry. So they kind of yeah. miss out on all the music of 1989. They should listen to the podcast so they get themselves caught up. That's right. We are almost exclusively 1980 to 1989. Exactly. <laughs> or it's 1988 to 1989. Yeah. So they're down there. And so they get really a musical education in late 1950s rock and roll. Yeah. And that sort of forms their interests. They start a band together where someone brings them a piano. They learn classical piano, but then Isaac gets a guitar. And then I guess Zach tries to learn how to play drums, but he's so young. I mean, he's got to be seven or eight when he's first starting, I yeah. think. And so he, he learned drums as best he could. And then the I guess Taylor's playing the piano and they become this band that tours different churches and county fairs. Yeah. So yeah, they started like, Young, young, young. Oh yeah, right. So when this album comes on, and what's what's the name of the album? Um, I should know this. Though this album's Middle of Nowhere. Middle of Nowhere. Yeah. So so when when the album Middle of Nowhere comes out, Isaac's sixteen. Yeah. Taylor's what? Thirteen. Thirteen, and 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 Zach's eleven. So an eleven-year-old in a like multi-million-dollar sell or it's a multi-million album selling group. Right. And before this point, they've already put out at least two independent albums. Yeah. I think it might be three. And so there's Umbop is one of them. Yeah. Which I think might be more like an EP, but it's it's shorter. Yeah. There's one called Boomerang, and there might have been an earlier one too. Okay. So they've that by the time Middle Nowhere comes out, they're kind of seasoned as songwriters to some degree. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, which is yeah, which is nuts when you yeah. think about it, right? How young they are. Yeah. They wrote Umbop. This is a, so they had lots of help from other songwriters, one of whom was Barry Mann, who we talked about with uh, Don't Know Much with Cynthia yes. Whale. The two yeah. of them were involved. Barry Mann famously wrote 
who put the bop in the bop she wop de bop oh, okay but i think it just happens to be coincidental since mbop is was written by them and the history of it's pretty interesting yeah so they wrote this song they they wrote this like little scatting part and used it as a like a background fill in in one of their earlier songs but then they decided no that needs to be song on its own so it it sort of started to grow from there. So they they had the idea of having this mbop song with the just with the with the scatting and as the uh, sort of main part that they're that they're um, starting off from. And then they they add the lyrics and they release it as a song on one of the, on that uh, album called Mbop. That's right. And the, when you hear the song, it's got a slower tempo. Yeah. But all the ingredients are there in terms of the lyrics are there. The sound is there, like so. There's so much of the song already there, but yep. when you hear it, there's just something missing compared to what we're gonna hear later. Well, let's let's go back a little bit further, right? Yep. So, here's this band of kids, right? And they're they're touring around churches and county fairs, and they're getting a bit of a a bit of a groundswell sort of uh, notoriety, or, or they're 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 getting some buzz in the industry, as yeah. a, as the uh, as the hip kids called it. And um, so they're playing South by Southwest before. South by Southwest became the the monster that it is. Yeah, and this is like the most '90s thing I, I I can think of. They're playing, and the lawyer for the Dave Matthews Band <laughs> sees them and basically says, "I'm going to be your manager." Yeah, right here now. So Chris Sabeck is the lawyer from uh, from the Dave Matthews Band. So he's like, "I'm going to sign on with you, and I'm going to be your manager." So. He goes and starts shopping the uh, shopping Hanson around to try and get them signed by a major label. Um, so he goes around. I think uh, I read somewhere that he got shot there. They got shot down like fourteen times, and then they went to Mercury uh, Records, and the exec there, uh, Steve uh, Greenberg, he initially sort of turns them down, but then uh, uh, there's an article I, I read that said he. Uh, he couldn't believe that these kids were doing this on their own. He thought that there is uh, there's an adult pulling the strings, like in uh, um, boy bands, right? Be- and uh, these guys came on in around the same time as like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that. Just before, just before, just before, right? Yeah. So he's like, I don't trust it. There's no way these kids can sing this well. They can play their instruments this well. Um, so someone's pulling some strings, right? So he says, so I could sleep at night. I went to see them at a uh, at a county fair in Kansas just to make sure they weren't as good as they are on the record. And he was blown away with how good they could sing and perform live. He said they sounded as good live as they did on their recordings. They do. And you watch these live recordings of them singing as kids and they pulled it off. And we talked a few weeks ago about new kids on the block yes. and how their power wasn't in the singing, but in the brand and the product and yeah. what they did on stage. These kids can sing and they can kind of play too. I mean, I have a feeling they brought in some drummers to help out with Zach, I think in that first, Yeah, but, but I watched them in recent performances. They can do the job. I mean, you know, I guess after 30 years, you, you we, we could probably learn an instrument. Too. I could probably, yeah. Well, I mean, you probably could. I, I tried to teach myself guitar when I was in university, but I wasn't awesome after fifteen minutes, so I gave up pretty quickly. <laughs> we're also good at seeing ahead and saying, "All right, we're not going to bother." Yeah, we this, this save is it for the podcast. This is not my wheelhouse. I have a vision, and you know, in thirty years, I'm going to be sitting in a in a homemade pub and talking about awesome music. Exactly. So the key to this song. I feel is found in the analogy I'm trying to make between this song and that thing you do from the movie, that thing you do. Ours, like the thing that I do? The thing you do, the movie by Tom Hanks. 
Okay, that but not thing. the thing that I do. Not the thing you do. Oh, gotcha. Which is quick guitar after 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving up, that's what I yeah. do. <laughs> that came out a lot meaner than I meant it to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay, if you hear gentle weeping the rest of this podcast, you know it's coming from me. So the key in that thing you do is they have a song called That Thing You Do. And it's kind of a slow brooding song, love song. But the character who I just think is Tom Hanks' son, which is not Tom Hanks' son, but he's the yep. drummer. Yeah. He comes in, speeds things up, and brings this drum beat to it. And they have no choice but to keep up with him. Yeah. And the song suddenly becomes the thing that it is. Yeah. Same thing happens here. Yeah. When they finally signed, they brought on the Dust Brothers, who famously did Beck's Odelay album. Yep. And um, a Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. So those are some big heavy hitters musically these guys have produced for so they bring the dust brothers in for for hansen and they do they add two big elements to the song and it's two samples one is the drum sample that uh, you know helps assist uh, zach like like you had mentioned which was a drum break from a synthetic substitution from um r&b singer uh, melvin bliss we'll we'll try and find that and put that in here There's a scratch like that that scratchy yeah. part in the in the choruses, and that's from uh, Buffalo Gals, um, which was from 1982, and it was it was an experiment from, um, and this was written in a, in an article, uh, the one time Sex Pistol Svengali Malcolm McLaren. So that that's not the 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 term that I gave him, but it just sounds awesome. <laughs> It's incredible because basically it's uh, Stephen Laroni, who's the producer of the whole album, and he's producing the song. But he they bring in the Dust Brothers, and like they just add these two elements, and now this song, which is a good song, is yeah. now a great song. Yeah, yeah, and and you, I kind of have this image in my in my mind that they come in and just like they just sat down. It's like we're putting this and this, and we're out. That's my vision. I would love to be that guy who could make that money. Yeah, I know, right? One day. One day. After I learn guitar. Okay, I think we really got to try to talk about these lyrics. I don't think we can really talk about the choruses at all, can we? We can we, we can because they we can talk about it in terms of what it means. Yeah. So let's go through the verses and chorus. So I printed out the lyrics and there's a lot of oh, 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 yeah. I'm like, well, thank you, Lyric Find. Lyric Find also missed one of the bridges, but that's oh, yeah. my own gripe here. So here's the first verse. And you might not know this. I didn't know this till I finally printed these out. You have so many relationships in this life. Only one or two will last. You go through all the pain and strife. Then you turn your back and they're gone so fast. Oh, yeah. And they're gone so fast. And so hold on to the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. And when you get old and start losing your hair... Can you tell me who will still care?
what I find especially funny about this is that the big fear for the Hanson brothers about getting older is losing their hair. <laughs> is that why they grew it out so long? So just if they have more there, they, there's, you know, it, it'll take them longer to lose it. Yeah, because one thing you know about them is like, oh, they're the boys with the long hair. Yeah. And then seeing them now, the the drummer's hair, at least in the interviews, is just bushier and bushier as it kind of, it's kind of just kind of growing out. And each of them have these sort of perfect hair, at least yeah. Taylor, yeah. the middle brother, but also the main focus for yeah. you, for us usually has like this fantastic Bon Jovi style, like yeah. keep the faith Bon Jovi style hair. Yeah. And then the other brother's hair is looking fine. So they don't have any hairline issues, but they're also no. still only in their 30s and early 40s. Yeah. You got time, boys. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a picture of, of me when I graduated high school and uh, I had hair similar to what Hanson did back in the mid 90s. So I'm not saying that I could have been the fourth yeah. member of Hanson, but I could have not been the fourth member of Hanson based on the hair. Right. And in my case, I had the same haircut I had in grade 12. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I thought, well, you look the same as you did in grade 12. Yeah, I still get called a kid if I don't wear the right clothes when I go to high school. So, but it's one of those things where I think I'm like, yep, I think this look is going to do me. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years later. Yeah. Or wherever. Yeah. It's it worked 30. for Josh Groban. So it's working for yeah, you, right? That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so even reading those lyrics, just read. Well, we just played you the verse there, yeah. and I still, when I play it without the lyrics in front of me, I have no idea I have what he's no saying. Idea what he's singing. <laughs> it's amazing for a thirteen-year-old to already get how to sing rock songs, which is yeah. make it impossible to understand. Yeah, yeah. But it's also kind of amazing for because I don't know who wrote the lyrics, whether it was Zach or or Taylor or or Isaac, but. I'm kind of going on the assumption that that Taylor wrote the lyrics for for one reason or another, but he's 13 when this comes out. Like, I don't think I was that introspective as as a 13 year old, like saying like, "Hey, like you're gonna go through a lot of stuff in life, and like there's only a couple of people that you can really count on, right?" It's incredible. He said in an interview, it was in his heart, and then it came out onto the page. Yeah, so they, they they're pretty careful about saying they all all three of them have input and wrote it, but. There's a, my guess is Taylor's the primary guy there. Yeah, yeah, and so that seems to be the case, right? Yeah, and he's um, and so the idea of umbop is a passage of time. So I got a quote from Zach Drummer about what umbop means. So for that chorus, that seems like just kind of confusing. Yeah, he says what the song talks about is you've got to hold on to the things that really matter. Mbop represents a frame of time or the futility of life. Things are going to be gone, whether it's your age and your youth, or maybe the money you have or whatever it is, and all that's going to be left are the people you've nurtured and have really built to be your backbone and your support system. Did he say that as an 11-year-old, or was that like a more recent... Uh, more recent. I was going to say. And because he had so much hair, he just cut out the whole hair part because he yeah. wasn't worried anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why then that chorus is in an umbop they're gone, and so that's like the key that yeah. it's in in just a kind of a beat of music oh, okay. they're gone. Yeah, okay, and, that and, makes sense. So your relationships, all the things. So who are you going to hold on to? Who's going to still be there? And so that leads to that second verse. Which is uh, for for a bunch of kids. It's pretty good. Yeah. Although, I mean, there's some maybe clunky. I, I hesitate to say it as a non, non-songwriter. But they say, well, I'll ask you because you're a noted songwriter. <laughs> I've, I've wrote some prolific ballads. Yeah. Plant a seed, plant a flower, plant a rose. You can plant any of those. Keep planting to find out which one grows. It's a secret no one knows. The secret to... Songwriting is rhyming. Well, this is it. You got rose, those, and grows, and knows. Knows, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And it's, you know what? It, it still works. Yeah. You plant something, but when they say plant a seed or plant a flower, plant a rose, well, listen, hey, Hanson, I'm pretty sure they're all seeds. Is that true? I mean, I'm, not, I'm no botanist. 
You can plant with cuttings, okay, as well, right? Okay, so but, uh, I mean, the they doubled down on the on the uh, the flower rose thing in my yeah. mind, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll we'll give it. They're young. We'll give it to them. Yeah, okay, we'll give you that one, guys. All right, one point, Hanson, zero Hauser. Um, um, I, I think you're even. Okay, <laughs> it's a secret no one knows, and it's this sort of idea. Like, well, I'm trying to figure out what it means. Does that mean how you behave in life, what you put out there? And you don't know what's going to come back to you or what's going to grow. And you don't know what's going to last either. Yeah. Had me thinking about my wedding. There's 262 people there. I don't think... How many do you talk to now? Well, I think it's a a lot less than the 262. Bigger question. Of those 262 people who were at your wedding, how many of them listened to our podcast? That's a good question. Yeah. It's a secret no one knows. It's a secret no one knows. But this moves on to our favorite part, which I like to call the minor bridge, or would you call it more like, it's not quite a bridge, it's like a footbridge, or a little bridge, or would it be like a land canal? What would you call that? <laughs> I like that you're working my uh, my engineering feats that uh, that are completely unfeasible yeah. in, into this yeah, podcast. Yeah. So we have a mini bridge here. Mini bridge, yeah. And this is our favorite, I think you and I, it's our favorite part. Okay, what's uh, wh- which which is the mini bridge that? Because after they do the umbop chorus, yeah, then the Taylor comes back and says, "In the umbop, they're gone. In the umbop, they're not there. In the umbop, they're gone until you lose your hair." Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the. I think that is my favorite part. Yeah, like, the, the call back, back to the to that to that first verse, and they're yeah. they're they were really terrified of losing their hair. They were. It just comes back, and the fact that no one would care. It's like yeah, I gotta see. I saw pictures of their dad. I think he had his hair, so I don't know if there's this fear of like exactly. You know, usually spouses usually stick around. Yeah, you well fifty percent of the time, right? So, <laughs> growing up, my dad was bald, so that was always the biggest worry for me. Is just like, am I gonna end up bald and like. I started receding relatively early, but it, it kind of held held fast for yeah. for where it's at. It's just it's on that cusp of like, well, I can still I still have hair, but you know, it's it's not far enough back that I I can I need to start like embracing the bald. But uh, right. I, I think I'm okay with where I'm at. My granddad, his baldness went on like the sides, so like he had a Mister T thing going. Oh, on. really? Yeah, but he kept that front patch and just like would comb it back but i kept thinking about you know they'd say well it's it's your mom's father that's yeah. what you gotta look at so yeah I, i'd see my dad's father my opa i'm like oh okay well he's got hair there i can see that but they're like yeah. no no it's your mom's and i just had this vision of me having like a mr t haircut <laughs> it might still happen yeah in an umbop it might happen in an umbop it'll all be gone <laughs> So verse three, they they claim it's verse three at least on Genius.com lyrics. Yeah, but it's really just a callback to try to. Oh, you're talk. I'm looking at Genius.com. Oh, you are. Too. There oh, it is. <laughs> so they they go back to uh to the, really it's just verse two clarification. Yeah, which uh, which is now we get Isaac or as the fans or anti fans is that my Reddit experience has found yeah. they call him Ike. Ah, I didn't know Ike was short for Isaac. Neither did I. So. Isaac or Ike gets his gets his moment. I Ike was like because Dwight Eisenhower they referred to as Ike, right? So right. I thought I don't know. Is Dwight short for Isaac? I don't know. Uh, Bill is short for William. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand names. Anyways, let's go back to this song. <laughs> okay, so so finally Isaac gets his moment to, of the kind of the act. He gets to be Echo. You don't know, can you tell me, which flower is going to grow? No, you can't, because you don't know, can you tell me, is it going to be a daisy or a rose? rose? Yes. Well, listen, Isaac, did you put in a daisy or a rose? It's not like a surprise. Yeah. It's not like you just put in a generic seed and then all of a sudden, like, 
random things yeah. grow from it. Oh, right? wow, like, a carnation. I thought yeah. it would be real as well. I thought I planted watermelons. <laughs> exactly. Then they move back to like the bridge of the Umbop, the official bridge, I would think. Yeah. Well, can we call that because that third verse is almost kind of like a bridge, I would call it. Can we call it like a, a multi-tiered bridge? I think so. Well, I think maybe they're locks. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So it might be a land canal situation after yeah, all. Yeah, it could be. So we, we're moving up locks here. Yeah. Uh, Hanson, when you hear this, may reach out and let us know how you planned this out when you were 11 years old. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but then it kind of carries it home. And there's two versions of this song. There's the okay. single version yeah. and the album version. Yeah. And usually I go all out. I'm all in on album, just like yeah. Wilson Phillips. The four minute and 30 second version. Yeah. That was mine. This one's like 429, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the single version, which is 359, I think, mm-hmm. that's the better version. I don't like the album's end where they just keep saying, I don't know, uh, they're gone or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't a fan. Not a fan yeah. here. Dust it, Brothers wouldn't like that. Yeah. It, there, There's no resolution. It was just yeah. kind of dragged out. Yeah. It's like, no, it's over. Just like kind of like do your fade out, but no, no, Hanson, no. No. <laughs> I just had it written, like, make sure you talk about that you like the single version better. There are many versions of this by Hanson. There is a yeah. string court, string theory. They have a, a pretty clever title, string yeah. theory, where they have a string. Um, I wanted to say string quartet, but it looked like there's a lot more than four people or, on stage, or, or an orchestra. Yeah, they had an orchestra. That's what they're called. <laughs> they had an orchestra with them. You're married to a musician, right? Yeah, I am. I am. But uh, you know, see, you learned how to play guitar in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I got my grade five piano. But uh, I don't even have that. Yeah, I just couldn't keep a beat. But th- they do a pretty good job. It's a it's a tough start. I don't. They they kind of do the they go a little over the top on the O's, but then when they come in on the actual song it, by the end, it's pretty incredible. And they did it maybe within the last decade. I think. Oh, okay, it's really good. Yeah. And then there's live versions of it where they, mm-hmm. they nail it. Yeah. And then sometimes it feels like sometimes they kind of mail it in with like, who will do a slow version. It's like, we don't want the slow version. Yeah. That's why you brought in the Dust Brothers. Exactly. You recorded the slow version when you were like eight or something like that. There's a great interview where the guy says to him, does it, does it kind of wear you out singing that song every night? Because it's so high. <laughs> he said... We dropped the key. <laughs> yeah, and that that was one thing that they did in the production when, because um, they realized Taylor's voice was dropping. Right. That they they changed the key so he could continue to sing it. When I was younger, I thought that if his voice changed, he'd have to learn how to sing completely. It would be, almost be like learning to walk again after a major accident. Yeah. Well, puberty can be a major accident. <laughs> Boy, was it ever. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. This song, you can you can definitely tell there's, uh, and they talked about how they were influenced by 50s and 60s doo-wop groups and the Beach Boys and everything. But there's there's definitely parallels you can feel between Hanson and groups like the Osmonds or the Jackson 5, right? Especially yeah. with the way uh, Taylor's singing, it kind of, it is reminiscent of 
Michael Jackson uh, from the Jackson Five, right? Yeah. And I mean, in that moment, we're all kind of looking for the next big thing. And he yeah. had this voice and they had this presence. So there was this sense like, oh, maybe the, they'll be the thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, what I didn't realize then, I just thought they were just manufactured pop. Yeah. And, and I was kind of critical, but loved the song. Like, I love this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you didn't let people. Yeah. Well, I think you let. Uh, yeah, I told know. you. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely told you. <laughs> But I remember like, oh, the rest of the album probably stinks. And I listened to it like, actually, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good album. <laughs> Since then, they released two more major label albums yeah. that had like good tracks on it. Like, yeah. Good opening songs anyways. Holy yeah. cow. But they never could recapture that lightning in a bottle, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I think the song is divisive. Y- yes, it is. Like there are people who hate it. And yeah. so I, I realized that listening to other... Um, interviews and people talking about this and i i didn't get it i just assumed most people liked it but it yeah. was number one yeah on a lot of charts like in terms yeah. of like critics liked it yeah 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 exactly well it was nominated for the uh, uh album of the year uh for the grammys so uh zach was uh 11 at the time so he's the youngest uh yeah. nominated uh artist for uh album of the year yeah well i imagine if they'd won because i mean Oh, that would have been a gong show of an acceptance speech, right? Yeah, he's, he's tough in interviews. Zach is very tough. <laughs> well, young Zach. Well, I, I don't know. I haven't watched any interviews of him right, recently, right. but uh, yeah, the, the Zach then was it was it was tough, it was, but he was he was truly an eleven year old. Well, yeah, exactly, right. And if he was in class, he'd be climbing out the back of the walls. But yeah, you know. he, he'd drive you nuts. He would drive me yeah, totally yeah. crazy. The video is kind of the uh, not the greatest. It, it does its fun. It has a function. The, the the video is exactly what I would expect from a high school kid in the '90s to make. Yeah, there's green screen. There's rollerblading. There's um. It looks like it's like home video footage of them uh, running around on the beach. Yep. It just reeked of mid '90s to me. Yeah, and there's enough literalism where it's like, oh look, they're planting seeds. Oh yeah, and a giant flower's <laughs> growing, and they're gonna play in front of a giant flower. But it's like it's clearly a green screen. I'm like, oh yeah. man, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's like the mysterious cave they go through. Yeah, the secret world, and they come out of it at the end. But it, it's cute enough. Yeah, it it, wor- it works for what the song is. Yeah. right. Yeah, but it, it's nothing special. Well, it went out to number one in about 27 countries. Yeah. So it pretty much in the entire Western world. And this is what Zach had said in an interview. Every country was all listening to this song at the same time. Which yeah. Which is kind of true. Yeah. It really went crazy. Like you said, too, and it kind of um, was the precursor to uh, the boy band uh, mm-hmm. sort of scene, but... They weren't manufactured. I mean, they're brothers, right? It's, yeah. it's like Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips wasn't manufactured. They sort of grew organically. And yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I I couldn't think about starting a band with my siblings. I no. don't think any of us can really no. play instruments or sing or anything. Oh, my sister was in jazz band. And, and well, if you had eight siblings, it might make it easier. Oh, yeah. Then you can, you can... You can pick and choose. Yeah. Just separate the wheat from the chaff, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They so they they've still been releasing albums. Yeah, and I just want to put out here that the song "Penny and Me" from their third major label album is awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome song. Okay, and it and the video is much better than this video. Okay, so this time around is really good too for the yeah. next album. Yeah, "Penny and Me" is an awesome song. I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah. Okay, now next up. I want to talk about notable covers I have written down well, here. And that's the thing. There have been, and I've re- read somewhere, 93,000 covers of this song. Exactly. Which is bonkers. Yes. 93,000 covers. And then Isaac had said in this interview with Vulture uh, magazine, where he said that people can't sing the chorus right. He said he hadn't heard a, a version he liked. Yeah. Because of the syncopation. The syncopation. Yeah. What does we, that mean? I don't know. <laughs> It's got to be a way of saying. It's like jazz music. Yeah. See, it's, it's, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Are we on beat? It just sort of exists in its own time and it shows up when it wants to, right? That's, 
Yeah, exactly. Syncopation is just a word to keep me from ever touching this song now. <laughs> just just to let everyone know, in, in, the, in the time that that Bill was was off with his sickness, I got my master's in music theory, so exactly. I know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> all the time musically. So there were notable covers, though, because Rolling Stone just recently put out a thing about great covers of the song. Okay. But I have my own list as well now two of them did cross over with them okay yeah but i'm going to tell you this the versions i like that i think are incredible yeah yeah so let's go through this frank get ready first is one that they actually uh kind of gave the thumbs up to so and they reposted i think on their instagram or something Mm -hmm. it's by scary pockets featuring lucy schwartz And I think Scary Pockets features the guy who invented or was behind Patreon. Okay. That makes no sense to me, but go on. Okay. Hopefully one day it will for us. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Please subscribe to our Patreon. Almost like something from, um, like a, a 70s uh, Sesame Street episode, right? Yeah, because yeah, it just sounds sweet, right? And you can understand what they're singing. That chorus is great! That chorus is fantastic! That's really good. Holy yeah. cow. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Like, this is so this good. This is so good. So I think one of the keys to a great song is that it can bring up all these different flavors in the covers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. There's, that was my favorite. Like, that is definitely incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one is a band that doubles down on the doo-wop nature of it. Okay. And so this is by Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox. Okay, yeah, and this, yeah, 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 yeah. They got these four guys who do this. No, it's not. I was going to say acapella, but it's not. There's a whole band yeah, playing with yeah, them. Yeah. But they vocalize. But they, they do it in the whole 50s uh, doo-wop style, right? All right, get ready for this. Yeah. is good, too. Well, coming in with the acapella yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun song. And that one, you know, that's more obvious in a way. Yeah. But boy, does it work. Oh, man, it's a fun version. And so now the test is now we've gone from that. What would you call that other version? Like there's a jazzy laid back version. You're talking about the first one, right? Yeah. There's a, they they lay down some funk on it, I think, right? That's right. I, I, I apologize to my friends who are players. Because the worst thing that they hear is, you know, that jazzy blues song. <laughs> like the worst thing. As soon as someone says it, it's just like, jazz or blues? And then I, Ashley is correcting me saying, yeah, jazz can have some blues. I'm like, all right, listen, I can't, <laughs> I can't get to the semantics here. Yeah. All right, next up, shifting directions totally. Yeah. Here's a bluegrass version. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's not bad. That that's kind of a fun version too. It's it's hard. I, I think it's hard not to do a fun version of this song. Yeah, right? you have to do it fun. So here's yeah. one more. One okay. more. Yeah. This is by the Vitamin String Quartet. Okay. This one to me points out how powerful the melody is. Mm-hmm. That's pretty that's beautiful. That's good. That's yeah. that's pretty nice. Yeah, that works. Holy cow! I might disagree with them a little bit in saying that there's like no one can cover this, right? Like I, I think, I mean, that's the point of a cover song, right? It is someone's putting their own spin, and maybe they're not getting the syncopation correct uh, the way that you think it should happen. But at the same time, like I, I think all four of those versions play. Yeah, they totally. really play. So I mean, four ninety three thousand yeah. parts per <laughs> million, parts per million, or whatever. It's, just like, it's, it's not like, a great percentage, yeah. but uh, still, still, it's incredible. There's yeah. a, so there's great versions out there, yeah. And it's it does speak to the that power. That first of the song. one was so good. I know though, it's dude. good. Holy cow! Now apparently, there's claims that this sounds like the a West the Westminster Quarter, which is the sound that yeah, a grandfather. That, cla- I read that too. Yeah, yeah. I listened. I had a grand my my well, fittingly enough. Yeah, my opa. Had a grandfather clock. Yes. Opa means grandfather. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank so you. you. And, and that it would chime like, it didn't sound like umbop at all to me, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe they got <laughs> different grandfather clocks. I'm going to the next, if I ever buy a grandfather clock, I wanted to play umbop. <laughs> Give to our Patreon for just for the yeah, fundraiser. Just for so our we can buy clock. a grandfather clock for the Winchester. <laughs> okay. We're, we're on a roll. That was important for me, the covers. Yeah. Now, uh, categories? Categories, yeah. yeah. Let's okay. hit them. I got a couple here for me that I was wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think this is a perfect Michael Bolton song. Well, who are the other two members in the Michael Bolton version of Hanson? That's a great question. I mean, if, if we're... Okay, we're going to go peak Michael Bolton with yeah. the hair and everything. Yeah. So you, I think you would need uh, Kenny G in that mix. Yeah. Oh, that would be great because then he would only play saxophone instead yeah. of singing. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then um, what if we just go totally out there and like a reinvigorated meatloaf comes in as like Zach on the drums? The the problem is I think there's there be a lot of conflict between uh, Michael and Meat, right? In the sense that uh, they're, they're both because they're both such dynamic figures, right, right. right? But no, I could see that that I would I would go to see that concert. Part of me is like, there's the viciousness here because I know I'm picking songs that could cause Michael Bolton to explode <laughs> and it would destroy both Meatloaf. I think Kenny G stands like a yeah. cockroach after the nuclear bomb. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just called Kenny G a cockroach. Still playing Forever in Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Michael Bolton, I could see him singing. Michael Bolton could be the, the tailor of, the, of this uh, arrangement. I hope this played at my wedding with the 262 people there. And then the big question would be like, well, who's still going to be there? This is 10 years later. Yeah. I haven't lost my hair yet, but still, yeah. the, the, the sentiment remains. I'd still be there. Yeah. So a great wedding song with a secret message. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's biting. It, it, I think this is ironic when the people out on the dance floor are the people that you're not going to actually see in yeah. like 10 years time. Exactly. Yeah. I think that actually works with irony. Yeah, I also got my master's in uh, in literature right. and understanding what irony is. Right, wow. I was sick for a while there. Yeah. Um, now, next, mixtape. Mixtape. What did you choose for mixtape? Mixtape was nonsensical lyrics. Okay, great. Oh, good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Uh, so, uh, it'll start with uh, Bad Romance, Lady Gaga. Good call. Um, do a Diddy. By Very Manfred good. Man. Yes. Yes. Mana Mana by the Muppets. <laughs> this is fire. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. 
by the uh, by the crash dummies. test dummies. Nice. And then we will close it with Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. <laughs> okay. There is a left field choice there I did not see coming. <laughs> is it left or right field? I think it's left field. Okay. But no one ever hits to right. No, exactly. You'd put the weak kid in right field. Yeah, I always played right field. Me too. Jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. I got one. Oh, that was a, number one. That was a great mixtape. I, I, I was quite happy with that one. Okay. We're going to be putting both of these into one mixtape on our playlist. Okay. Spotify and Apple currently. Yes. Okay. So I have bop songs so i got bebop alula by okay. gene vincent i have who put the bomb by barry Mann. yep and barbara ann by the beach boys oh nice and i added a special bonus she bop by cindy lopper nice yeah cool yeah. and none of us put kid rock's ba with the ba no not at all <laughs> Because we already got Kid Rock going on here. We got literal Kid Rock. Yes, now exactly. whatever's going on. <laughs> okay. And then, um, do, do you have any categories you wanted to touch on? Um, I I don't think, well, I mean, there's definitely, I, I don't know, don't believe that this could be a, <laughs> this could be a, a Hallmark movie. No, I think it could be, be a ha- Hallmark avant-garde movie. It could be, or it could be a Hallmark after-school special movie. Oh, okay. With the Taylor, or sorry, with the Hanson brothers, with a, giving a special message to a kid who's lost his friends from grade eight to grade nine. Ah, I'm just, I'm just yeah. riffing on it. I'm yeah, jazzing yeah. it right now. I'm uh, syncopating. You're syncopating. I'm syncopating this. And I could see that where it's an umbop, it's gone, and, and the main character finds out who her real friends are. Yeah. And at the end, they go to a Hanson concert. Yes. And they play the song, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd see that movie. Yeah. So, Hanson, we're willing to give you a few royalties. Yeah, exactly. We'll sign on as producer and executive producers, and uh, you guys make this happen. And yeah. We'll just, uh, we'll cash our, our fat checks. Would you run to this song? You're a runner. Would you I'd run, run to, this? to this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there, there's, there's a, um, there's definitely a beat there. There's, there's a, uh, the BPM or beats per minute. Um, for those who don't have a uh, pretend masters in music like I do, is is up there, right? And and it's happy and is there's a, like it, it gives you a shot of endorphins. And I I think um, there's certain songs that that just make you smile, and that helps you to to perform um uh, in running or, or anything like that i like i don't think it's necessarily a pump-up song but i think it's it's definitely a song that keeps you going steady right this would be something i've never been able to pull off before but i think this would be a great double dutch song <laughs> jump rope i gotta i gotta pretend masters in double dutch <laughs> i saw my sister doing it at yeah. uh, school they uh, that she was in the jump rope, I'm like, I would never be able to pull this. Yeah, no, no, I would, no, no. There, I would, there's no way. It'd be straight to the neck and oh, yeah, into, exactly. the, into the health uh, yeah. room for me. So I think, so Marianne, if you're listening, I think you need to jump double rope. Du- double dutch to this song? Yeah, with yes. the grade fours. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I want to bring up and uh, just a, a little story of a, of a friend of ours. Um, there's like a, a two-part story to this. And I think this really plays well with, uh, with how guilt-free pleasures works. Uh, so we have a friend named Emily, and uh, I've always known her as being this massive uh, Hanson fan. And I asked her recently, like, tell me about Hanson. And she said, they're the greatest band on earth other than the Backstreet Boys. So I guess as the story goes, and, and she can correct us on our Facebook or Instagram page or, or Twitter or whatever uh, forum she, want, she wants to uh, correct us on if, if I get the story wrong. But... When the song came out, I guess some girls at her school showed her the album or whatever and, and the song, and she didn't know it at the time. She grew into this this massive fan and said, they asked, what's this song called? And she looked a little bit confused, like, I don't know, MMM Bop? And they made fun of her and laughed at her, And which, Emily, this episode is for you. This song is for you. This is your song, and we we hope that uh, me bringing up these these terrible feelings doesn't bring you down. But this song brings you up. And then later in life, she's pregnant, and she uh, went to see Hanson in concert. Um, I guess it would have been uh, four years ago. 
and uh, or, or just just over four years ago, and uh, she went with with her with our friend Avery, who was also pregnant with twins at the time. So it's just this 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 funny juxtaposition, I think, of the these girls that grew up like loving liking Hanson. And who are now pregnant at this show as adults, watching Hanson as adults. It's it's like they got staying power still, right? Yeah, the the band has lasted. There, I mean, I've I've been diving into their like live material and songs that they've done. Like I said before, they 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 had some good songs on on their later albums. Mm-hmm. When they did the String Theory album, yep. they were in Australia, and then. At the end of the show, as an encore, even though they didn't do encores, but they, for them, they did a Bee Gees cover of Too Much Heaven. Yeah, you sent that to it me. It's incredible. That was really good. Yeah, no mics, just them singing. Yeah. And they were incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Nobody gets too much love anymore. It's as high as a mountain and not a too good Oh, I think I think uh, I mean talking about the song and everything. The song stands up, right? The song, and that's what the, this episode is about. It's about the song, about the like yeah. uh, their 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 source story growing up and everything, yeah. and the importance of this song and uh, and its place in culture, especially mid nineties, uh, mid to late nineties, and when this came out and and the impact that it had yeah. on uh, generations of of people and and or generations, a generation of, of people and fans and everything and how important that song is and how it this song particularly has endured, right? And it has stood the test of time, I'll say. And, you know, like if you're out there and you feel like you pretended not to like it, it's time. It's okay. You can tell people yeah, you liked it. You can like this song. If they don't like it, they can... Listen to this episode and realize how great it is. Yeah. When I was in university and this song came out, I was, I listened to it just in my room by myself. And that, like, I refused, like, it was nothing I, I, I wanted to admit in public. I was <laughs> a closeted Umbop fan. But yeah, uh, yeah I can I can safely say this is, this song's a, it's a fun, fun song. Yeah. This is a guilt free pleasure. Absolutely. And uh, we just want to say there are so many podcasts in this life. Only one or two will last. And we think that guilt-free pleasures is going to last. 